This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Tuesday, May 23rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians uh, snapped a three-game losing streak last night, and wouldn't you know it, it was Mike Zanino with the big two-run home run in the seventh inning uh, that sort of uh, gave him a little breathing room uh, with a one-run lead at, at that point. Uh, Hunter Gaddis uh, just called back up to, uh, to make the start uh, in place of Peyton Battenfield. Goes six innings, uh, gives up two hits, no runs, uh, just an, an all-around outstanding outing from Gaddis, and uh, and really just the the unexpected happened. It was uh, it was uh, you know two guys who to this point in the season hadn't really uh, you know done much, and then uh, Zanino comes through with the big hit. Uh, he's got to be feeling good about himself today. Yeah, for sure, Joe. I mean, he broke that 0 for 27 slump in the first game of uh, Sunday's doubleheader when he got that infield hit. They had to go to a replay to get it, but he kind of ended that. And then all of a sudden, you know, he finally runs into a home run uh, uh, last night, and it was a big one. Uh, you know, kind of stretched that lead, what, from one to nothing to three to nothing, and really gave, uh, you know, some the, the bullpen some elbow room to work. So that was good to see. And, and Hunter Gaddis, man, I mean, this is the new look Hunter Gaddis, too. And a haircut, you know, he's still got the, <laughs> he's still got the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the big beard, the, the, you know, the grizzly bear beard, but, uh, right, duck, was, duck dynasty, duck dynasty. Yeah. The duck dynasty. Yeah. But, uh, God, he, he, he looked, he looked great. I mean, he's thrown 95, 96, great off speed stuff, just looked in command and he did it against a team that really kind of took him to the woodshed last year. Yeah, it was, uh, he did. He mentioned, uh, that that start back on September 15th, uh, where the, the White Sox, uh, I believe, uh, seven runs on eight hits in four innings and five of those, uh, hits were home runs for, uh, Chicago. Uh, he said he'd be lying if he, if he didn't have it in the back of his mind, uh, you know, facing these guys that, that, that was the, the case and that would, that they had done that. So, uh, felt kind of good for him to, uh, to be able to go out there and, and pitch like that. And, and Tito said, you know, his, his command of three pitches was, he looked sharp. The ball looked like it was crisp coming out of his hand. Uh, he had, he had, it had life on it. Uh, all, all things that, you know, point to, you know, he's going to get at least one more start, uh, in this rotation before you got to start making some decisions on guys like, um, uh, Aaron Savali and, uh, Tristan McKenzie and where they fit in the rotation. 
so Hunter Gaddis gets another chance to prove himself uh, within that within the next week. If he can come out and and uh, you know repeat that kind of performance against a good Chicago lineup, uh, you give yourself something to to, to tap to think about. Yeah, Joe, and uh, you know. <laughs> You know, it's almost, uh, you know, like it, it, it's weird. Like, you know, you, you go from, uh, you know, one week to another. You think, uh, well, all these, you know, where is the depth, you know, in starting pitching? What are the, you know, maybe it's not as good as everyone says it is. And then Hunter Gaddis has a start like that. And then you're looking at, you know, Savali and, and uh, McKenzie coming back. You know, they just put Peyton Battenfield on the, uh, the injured list. Uh, you know, Bieber throws a complete game, the first complete game of the season uh, in the second game Sunday. And you're thinking, well, you know, what are they going to do with all these pitchers? It's it's weird. You got to ride that roller coaster. And uh, I guess that's why, you know, you know, t- uh, Terry Francona has to stay calm and kind of, you know, they know what they have. But, you know, from the outside looking in, sometimes it doesn't look as good as as as, uh, you know, you, you, you we've been led to believe. Uh, and we've been led to believe that the Guardians thought in the offseason when they signed Mike Zanino to a one-year $6 million contract that he would help improve their their power-hitting numbers. He would give them a little more offense from the, the catching position over Austin Hedges from last year, and that his defense would be uh, at, at least comparable. Uh, that has not been the case to this point in the season. The entire month of May so far, uh, Zanino's just been underwater. He was... Uh, one for 31 with 27 strikeouts heading into that at bat in the seventh inning. Uh, and like you said, uh, I like the way you phrased it. He kind of ran into a home run there uh, off of Gregory Soto. Uh, that ball, 341 uh, feet, uh, and it would have been a home run in just eight ballparks in Major League Baseball, uh, eight out of 30. The other 22 parks uh, that ball would not have been out of. Uh, but it cleared the wall just out of the reach of Clint Frazier's glove uh, into that little, uh, you know, bullpen area, uh, you know, the, the the seats there, uh, and 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 really uh, the shot in the arm that it gave him. But also, uh, you know, go back to the first inning in in that game. Uh, Mike Zanino threw out Luis Robert Jr. Uh, to end the first inning, stealing second uh, stealing second base. Uh, it was I think his fifth caught stealing of the season out of maybe 40-some uh, uh, attempt or 30-some, 33 attempts, I think. Uh, and, you know, so all around, he, he did it on both sides of the plate uh, yesterday uh, for Zanino. And for those people who were saying, hey, uh, you know, you sent Bo Naylor back down to AAA after that doubleheader, uh, you know, what's going on? Mike Zanino said, hey, I got something to say about that. Yeah, that was, you know, that's one of the best throws he's made all all year, Joe. He got up out of his crouch. He was quick. You know, it was a good, strong throw. It was on the money. You know, what he, there was no bounce to it. Uh, it was a good, and, you know, it made it made it easy for, uh, for uh, uh, you know, um, for uh, not Arias, but. Uh, Rosario. Yeah, Rosario, you know, he had, he had the nice tag. So. Well, and it had to be a good throw because Robert's one of the fastest guys in the league. Yeah, and so it was really, 
you know, the, his mechanics were good. And I think, uh, you know, it, that hasn't always been the case. So that, that, that was, that was promising. And hopefully, you know, he kind of builds on that because he's always going to be offensively, Joe, I think he's always going to be, you know, a swing and miss guy. I mean, if, if you look at his stats, you know, his, his track record, that's what he's done. He, he hits for power and he strikes out. Uh, you know, he's not going to be a 300 hitter, but, you know, but defensively, you, you, you need him to control the running game. Yeah, that's that was uh, a really nice to see, and and hopefully that continues uh, again uh, throughout the rest of the series. Uh, it, it it at least gives you a pause to take your breath, take a breath, and and not have to just focus everything on as as the strikeouts and the the offers keep piling up. You know the the drumbeat for Bo Naylor to be back up here, uh, you know, doesn't get as loud. Uh, but we did talk to Chris Antonetti before the game yesterday. Uh, he did you know sort of dip and dodge and duck, uh, you know, the, the sort of question, you know, why isn't Bo Naylor here? Why, why isn't he ready or whatever? He says, uh, Antonetti said, uh, it's not a question of, is he ready? It's, it's, you know, is it the right timing and, and the fit with the major league club? And I can't think of a better time than right now for Bo Naylor to be up here. Uh, but it's, it's just obvious that they don't want to address the issue of the reason they're keeping him down there is so that they can add a year of control over him and, uh, and, you know, manipulate his service time. That's the, the only reason right now that Bo Naylor isn't here. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, you know, the overriding reason. And, you know, that, you know, they did start his clock last year. So, you know, that's one thing. But it was so late, it didn't really matter. It was only what? He only played five games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, you know, he hasn't thrown real well. If you look at his numbers at Columbus, Joe, you know, he he's you know, he's had some problems throwing guys out. I think he's only thrown out 14 percent of the runners down there. But still, you know, uh, you know, eventually he's going to be here. You know, I and, think. And, and right now, any, I mean, any, they, any problems he has throwing out runners down there, are they any worse than what Zanino and Gallagher are doing up here? I, I it, it, that argument to me is is a wash. It. If you're going to tell me it's because he can't handle a major league pitching staff or he, you know, he doesn't know what to call it, he doesn't have the savvy or, or whatever, the uh, the veteran pitchers wouldn't wouldn't trust him to throw to him. That's fine. Throw your back up. I, 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 like we said yesterday, uh, Shane Bieber and Cam Gallagher are going to be catching and throwing to each other all the rest of the season. I don't think uh, reading into uh, Bieber's comments after his start in Chicago, uh, there's no way he's pitching to, Z- to Zanino the rest of the way out. Uh, Cam Gallagher will catch every one of Shane Bieber's starts for the remainder of the year. But uh, you've got two to three rookies in this rotation that Bo Naylor has caught in, in Columbus. Have him catch those guys. He's got to be comfortable with that. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, he, he knows those guys, you know, and, and no one has ever complained about, you know, when they brought him over a couple of years ago to spring training, to big league spring training, all they did was rave about how he handled every pitcher on the staff, how he, you know, that, that everyone loved to throw to him. So I don't think that's an excuse. Yeah. And, and so there's it, it just take it all, lay it all bare, take it all out there. Just come out and say <laughs> they can't do it because of, you know, yeah, uh, the, but they, the they, but they might open themselves up to yeah, a grievance that way with, the, that, you know, with but, the Cubs and Chris Bryant. Well, that's what happened with them. Right. It, but it's uh, like we could write it a thousand times. It's it's exactly what's happening. So, uh, you know, just to keep that in mind for every time somebody, you know, asks the question, why isn't Bo Naylor here? The answer is because of service time. And, and anything else that anybody says is just obfuscation. We'll uh, we'll go with that. Uh, 
as far as you know what sort of what this team needed uh, that that win yesterday uh Terry Francona said after the game to hear the dugout's reaction to Zanino's home run uh made him feel good and and that's sort of an indicator there that you know even though they they they've been struggling the last couple of weeks they've they've lost however many games uh in, in their last 10 or or whatever uh the fact that they haven't quit on each other is is a positive sign and a good thing for for Francona and you know as long as you've got the the right attitude and the right uh you know guys pulling the right direction I think uh this thing could turn around in a heartbeat yeah I think that's that's really a good point Joe uh you know that dugout they showed you know I was watching a game on tv last night and uh they, that dugout exploded when he hit that home run, and uh, you know they're pulling for him. You know everybody knows everybody in that locker room has probably been through a slump like that, and they know what what it does to you. You know, and and how you, you, you the harder you work, sometimes the worse it gets. And uh, so I think you know that that was a good sign that that people you know that they're all they're all on the same they're all on the same end of the rope, pulling on the the same end of the rope, and you wouldn't expect anything less. We saw uh, in the the clubhouse prior to the game yesterday, uh, Tristan McKenzie. He threw a bullpen uh, yesterday in Cleveland. Uh, Cody Morris uh, scheduled to throw a bullpen either today or tomorrow uh, and then possibly head out on a a rehab assignment with Columbus or Akron. Uh, Aaron Savali pitching tonight in Columbus. I think McKenzie's scheduled for uh, Thursday night in Columbus. So, uh, you know, those guys... And their injury rehab are they're they're on their way. Uh, McKenzie looks, you know, he's he brings that energy that they really need if they're going to kick this into to high gear. Uh, he's you know lights up that, that clubhouse, and it was good to see him back. Uh, you know, he he looks like he's healthy and he's he's getting ready. So uh, that will be a, another shot in the arm, another boost for the uh, the pitching staff. Joe, what what are they gonna do with when when McKenzie and 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 uh, Savali come back and is, and and if Gaddis keeps pitching well, what you know this is gonna be really an interesting situation because you know you've got a couple veterans that you're gonna stand by, but what about the the three other spots in the rotation? What do you, how do you think it's gonna shake out? Is a six man rotation completely out of the the question, or you know could you could you move Bieber around in that rotation to keep him on five days to because we know he likes his 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 routine and his regular rotation. Could you make the make the rookies move around a little bit and and sort of manipulate their innings so that by the end of the year they're not all piled up too? You you could, but you know they've always they've always shied away from that six man rotation, even when everybody was healthy and you know they were they were pitching well and you know. Th- I think you know if they had a ran into a you know a long stretch where they were playing consecutive games like 20 22 games in a row they might you know throw in a spot start there but you know in the past they've shied away from that and I know teams are are going to more and more to a six man rotation but you know I don't see them doing it but it, it's a possibility Yeah I I don't think it's a, a stubbornness or anything like that I think it's that that they they feel uh, you know, just reading the guys that they have, that they're more comfortable uh, with those guys in a in a five day rotation as opposed to you know six man. So I I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's. It, I've seen a lot of proposals out there on Twitter, you know, thrown around uh, by guys maybe thinking, you know, hey, it it saves these guys some innings, saves the young guys like Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen uh, some wear and tear if we if they go to a six man rotation, but. 
I just don't see it happening. Uh, you know, it's it's just not in their their character, their nature. That if they have to make a hard decision like sending one of uh, Allen or or Bybee down for a, a little while to keep him, uh, you know, fresh and keep him throwing, uh, that, that that's a possibility too. Uh, we talked to you know you and I talked before we started recording here. Uh, Gaddis certainly earned himself at least one more look in the rotation before uh, either Savali or, or McKenzie is ready to come back. So, you know, if he can repeat that, uh, and it's not the first time this season he did it. He did it back in Oakland, went six innings and gave up one hit. Uh, granted, that was against Oakland. But, uh, you know, he, he earned himself at least the right to to go back out there and pitch uh, one more start and, and, you know, prove himself. Uh, yeah, you, you have to make hard decisions. Uh, it, it's it's going to be, uh, you know, how long will, will Aaron Savali uh, get a, you know, how long of a leash will he have? When he comes back, are you going to let him stumble after, you know, not pitching for a month and a half uh, at, at the major league level? Are you going to let him get his feet under him uh, a few starts before you, you make a decision uh, if he's going to be part of this rotation for the remainder of the season? Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I think Savali, to me, if he stays healthy, you know, he, I think he's got a spot. You know, I think he keeps his spot. He's got to stay healthy, Joe, though, and uh, he's got to get into the fifth and sixth inning. And I, you know, I think he'll be able to do that. But you know, the, the you know, they kind of lean on that experience. But you know, and they've they've carried you know what three rookies for in the rotation for a while now. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think Savali, you know, health is the big thing to me with Savali. He has got to be able to you know post every five days. And and don't forget, you've still got Zach Plesac down in yeah, AAA. He's I forgot been pitching. About <laughs> Everybody forgot about Plesac. And and you've got Gavin Williams down in AAA right now, and all he's done down there has been lights out pretty much every time he pitches. Uh, he, Gavin Williams, I think, under different circumstances, would be on the fast track to be here by sometime in June, possibly next, uh, you know, this season, uh, if, if things were different and then there was a, a need for it. But like you said, it's it's crowded right now, and uh, you're sending Cody Morris out on. Uh, on a, a rehab assignment, where are you going to put him? You are you going to put yeah, him in now, the bullpen? Yeah, is, is he a reliever or a starter? That's well, that, that's another great question. We asked Chris Antonetti that question, and they said they still haven't determined it. It's it's right now. It's a little early in in Morris's uh, you know rehab to to see whether or not he's going to be able to handle getting stretched back out, or if he's going to go into the bullpen and and try to work there. I think he could be effective for them in a relief role, at least you know for this season. And then you readdress that next year if you have to uh, coming into spring training, whether he's going to be a starter or a reliever for you. Uh, all right. Uh, I, I we, we have to talk about it, Hoinsey. Uh, we have to talk about the bird. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's all everybody's talking about. I, I saved it to the end of this because, uh, you know, I didn't want to lead with the, uh, the doom and gloom. But there is just something about Major League Baseball and killing birds that it, it, it's it's happened. It, if, if it's happened more than twice, it's an epidemic. And, you know, you go back to Randy Johnson, obviously the most famous uh, bird kill of all time in a spring training game in 2001. He just obliterated one that was that had the misfortune of flying between his fastball and home plate uh, in a game. And it, that's the one that sort of really sticks out because of the just the obscene nature of it with the, the feathers flying everywhere and the plume and all that. Uh, last night, this was a bird that was pretty much already on its last legs, uh, if you will. Uh, 
hovering around the area between shortstop and and the pitcher's mound. Uh, It looked like it had been injured or wasn't able to fly. It was just sort of hopping around. And Will Brennan smacks a uh, 100.1 mile an hour line drive uh, that found this bird. And uh, if Randy Johnson's was the most infamous, then Will Brennan's was clearly the most gruesome because this thing got flattened like a pancake. It was it, it it exploded this bird, and I know for a fact that there is video out there that is that is not being shown and not being released because it would not be a good look. But this bird took the business end of a line drive from Will Brennan. Uh, Brennan issued an apology to uh, Peta. I think it was more of a more of a tongue in cheek, uh, you know, half hearted approach. But Hoinsey, you've actually seen birds get hit in person. You you covered a game in. Uh, in 2009 with uh, Shin, Shinsu Chu. Yes, yeah, Shinsu Chu hit a line drive. That's when all those seagulls, uh, uh, Joe, were, were kind of congregating in center field. They kept coming back game after game uh, to uh, progressive field. And uh, Shinsu Chu hit one out, up the middle, uh, hit hit the seagull, knocked a feather off it. And uh, um, uh, Coco Crisp was playing mm-hmm. for Kansas City, came charging in from center field and the, and the, cause the ball hit the uh, bird. It took a right turn and Coco couldn't, couldn't feel the ball. I think that was a winning run. It was I, the 10th. It was the bottom of the 10th inning and Mark DeRosa was on second base and DeRosa came around and scored walk off win for, uh, for Cleveland. Uh, do you remember Did anybody say anything after that, after the game did, uh, obviously Chu wasn't going to say much. I don't think he was, uh, was big for making jokes, but did anybody have anything to say about that? Uh, that you recall? I can't remember. I, I, you know, I can't, I cannot remember, but I know the bird was okay. He lost a feather and flew away. <laughs> oh, you guys interviewed the bird after the game. Yeah, That's yeah. what happened. There you, you know, go. You know, that happened That happened with Dave Winfield when I think he was playing for the Yankees. He was in Canada and mm-hmm. he's playing, threw, threw a ball in from the outfield and hit a seagull. Now, the seagull is a protected bird there. So he almost got arrested. That if he, you kill a seagull. Got, he actually did get arrested, but the charges were later dropped. They interviewed <laughs> Winfield. Like they, they took him into an office and they, they deposed him at, at, at the. It was at Exhibition Stadium. <laughs> yeah. The, you don't mess with the, the wildlife in Canada. That's, that, that's <laughs> one thing. That, you don't go anywhere near that. But yeah, think about it. Dave Winfield almost got arrested or did get arrested, almost got charged with, uh, you know, a, a crime for for hitting a bird. Uh, but but this isn't even the most like Brennan hitting this bird last night. Zach Gallen from uh, Arizona was warming up in the outfield in Oakland less than a week ago, and he threw a pitch and it killed a bird that way. Like you've got it. They have it on video. They showed the video. Uh, I saw it on Twitter. It's uh, it's uncanny. These uh, these major league players you know, hitting and killing birds. It's it's just not they're not doing it on purpose. Obviously, nobody kills a bird on purpose with a baseball. But how many times can it happen? It it, it, just, it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, you know the birds are you know birds and pigeons are attracted to the ballpark. There's easy access to food, and they're hanging around there. And some of them. I don't know if they're they're not real healthy or like you were saying, Joe. This last night's bird was was kind of on his last legs to begin with, so it, it's too bad. But it, you know, I, I mean, I, it they sent they sent a guy from the grounds crew out there with a shovel, and he scooped up the bird. It was flat as a pancake and just exploded from the inside. 
the, the pictures are, are pretty gruesome. Uh, but it, the guy going out there with the shovel to clean it up almost felt like a like a cutaway from The Simpsons. You know, it, 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 that that kind of tongue in cheek humor was uh, was the vibe that I got when I saw the guy go out there and, and scoop this bird up. So uh, God bless you, Tweety. Uh, you know, we we don't need to see you at the park anymore. They got to start, uh, you know, blowing off the fireworks again to spook the uh, the birds out of the out of the park. Maybe that'll work and, and, and get them going. They used to they used to blow off the fireworks like a home. Right. Run in between innings to try and get the birds to, to, to scatter. So I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep track of this, uh, cause it's a very popular story right now that, uh, you know, will Brennan flattened a bird with a, a line drive. Uh, Brennan did not want to talk after the game. He, he got out of there before we could, uh, um, uh, get to him, but he had a big smile on his face as he was leaving the, uh, the clubhouse, uh, with the, uh, with the no comment. So, uh, again, uh, at least, uh, a, a moment of levity with this team that's been uh, struggling over the last few games and they finally get a win. And, uh, you know, they, we'll see if they can go out and, and repeat what they did last Thursday in uh, in Chicago when Logan Allen and Dylan Cease match up uh, tonight. Yeah, they uh, you know, this is a this is a step in the right direction and hopefully they can build off it, Joe, because this team uh, could use a few wins in a row. They've uh, you know, they've been going back and forth. They've been they really haven't hit their stride yet. And, uh, you know, they still need to get that offense going, but it was good to, good to see Zanino swing the bat. And was really, it was even better to see that bullpen come out there and, and really, you know, keep the ball in the park and, and put some zeros on the board. All right. We'll be back with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast on Thursday uh, because Wednesday is a, uh, an afternoon game. Uh, Hoinsey, we will talk to you then. All right, Joe.